you guys doing? I'm doing incredible. Uh, I had just had a barbecue. I got myself an apple cider beer, 5%, so I'm going to get drunk. Probably not. Uh, but it's a great day, man. It was a hot day. Like, it felt like 20 degrees. I don't know how hot it was outside, but it was a very nice sunny day. Uh, ate some meat, barbecued some meat up, grilled some stuff, and I had a great day, man. Now I, I'm, I'm ready for a conversation, okay? I'm ready for a conversation, especially with my man, one hand mostly. Uh, a couple of subjects, like I said, that I wanted to discuss for a very long time, very long time. One hand mostly is a gamer slash Twitch streamer slash YouTuber, a content creator, and he has a disability. I don't know what disability we're going to find that out, but something that makes gaming quite difficult for him. But he has found a way around that. He has found a way not only around playing the games he loves to play, but playing them on a high level. And also playing them as a content creator, sharing his experience with people, uploading videos, streaming on Twitch. It's incredible the way he has created these opportunities for himself. These things, this life for himself is just mind-blowing. This is the true example. The true example of you decide your life on your terms if you're willing to put in the work. I'm going to get him up here right now and talk to him. I've seen Discord did some crazy updates, so let's hope that the, the video is not <laughs> doing anything crazy. Let's, how you doing, my man? Good, what's up? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good, good. Thanks awesome. for having me. I see Discord did something here with the with the green thing around this. I don't know if it's annoying, but yeah, I'm not, I might be able to turn it off one day. <laughs> not today, though. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll live with that. How are you doing, man? Good. Just enjoying the Sunday. Um, I mean, because every day seems like a a weekend when you're indoors all the time, mm -hmm. so uh, it's kind of kind of crazy or oh, all the days are lumped together it's insane how, how do you feel about living in these times man um i mean it's definitely different like not that i didn't go outside and do different things mm. um but definitely be more aware of uh, who you come in contact with and who comes in to uh, take care of you and different things so i have like a full time staff that comes and takes care of me I hire my own caregivers and so I have one person that comes in the morning to get me up and get me dressed and wash my face and brush your teeth and then at night uh same thing shower get in bed and stuff and so uh you it's got to be kind of close quarters and so you've got you know someone that's always there touching you and, and taking care of you so there's no role like not completely self-isolating um and even like when I was going to work I take public transportation and all different things I'm not able to drive so you you're gonna um inadvertently take um come in contact with more people than uh you normally would as a person who could uh who's not disabled so um it's different but I'm not like I'm not going stir crazy or having fever um I worked remotely before like March from like all of last year mm. uh, until about March I worked remotely so like I was indoors all the time um and I enjoy um, you know, everything's set up in my room here with my computer and my desk and everything. So everything's pretty accessible for me. So really, I'm not really missing anything um, that I would be. It's just like trying to try to get sick, really, um, and making sure one watches their hands before they come in and different things like that. Hmm. You sound like you live a 
quite active lifestyle for someone in your in your predicament so to speak you do a lot yeah, I uh, so I was born with cerebral palsy, um, which is a birth defect um, with when you have like ox lack of oxygen to the brain. Cerebral uh, palsy was it? Three, yeah, cerebral palsy. Cerebral, cerebral, cerebral palsy, um, and it affects people differently. So for me, it affects uh, all four of my limbs, um, and so what do you call what they call quadriplegic, affecting uh, all four, and then uh, paraplegic like is for two, like only your legs or your arms or whatever. Um, and so it can affect people differently. Like some people can't talk and they aren't able to walk into different things. So it affects how it, the brain communicates with either your muscles or developed um, at birth. And so uh, I was uh, uh, born with it in 89, I'm 30 years old. Um, my parents fought for me to have a power wheelchair when I was three years old and at that time not a lot of people got to have power wheelchairs. Um, and what is that exactly? What's a power wheelchair? So like um, a manual one where you have to push yourself, ah, like power you. wheelchair, like electric wheelchair. Um, That's, you hype, electric wheelchair. That's hype, man. That's hype. You flex on them a little bit. <laughs> when you say electric wheelchair, you think like like the electric chair, like a prison thing. But yeah. so, you, so you say power chair, um, where it's all automated, pretty much like a golf cart. Um, and so I've had one, a different one, uh, since I was three, um, you can get one with the government, uh, depending upon your benefits that you have to apply for, um, anywhere between four and five years. So I just got oh. this one in October of 2018, I believe. Uh, and so allows you to be a lot more, um, independent move around yeah, the apartment and, and space anywhere. And so, uh, it took I you five years to get that. Yeah, so if you, you got to really take care of it um, for sure because uh, five years is a long time. And so you got to really show that you can um, be mature, I guess, with the equipment and not uh, misuse it, um, as I would say. Because um, apparently a lot of people still do misuse them and try to fraud, medicate, and different things here in the States that we have for uh, people with disabilities. Um, and so, I mean, I was in regular education and growing up uh, in regular classroom. Uh, I was in the Boy Scouts here in the States. Uh, I was a uh, baseball manager um, in high school. And then I went to college about an hour away from my hometown by myself. Um, and then I moved back home in Houston by 2013 or so. And then I worked in the video game industry about 2017, 2018 here in Houston, um, worked developing QA, developing uh, Dreadnought and Rhyme. Whoa, Dreadnought, um, awesome. Yeah, so I worked on Dreadnought till about 20, January of 2019. Mm. And then last year in February, when I was laid off, I was like, well, what do I want to do? Like with all this knowledge of QA and like this big passion for accessibility and gaming, so I uh, made my own YouTube channel and the Twitch stuff and been doing that for a little over a year, uh, 14 months, I guess would be, um, and just making um, videos to educate people with disabilities on the settings and features that game has before, uh, before they, they buy them that way, you know, cause some games, you know, $60 mm -hmm. can be a lot for someone to buy. And if you don't know, you can like, if you don't know, you can play it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and you can't refund it past yeah. that two hours that Steam has or whatever. 
How was your childhood? Your How was it when you were young? Did you feel different? Did you feel weird or bullied? Or how was it for you? No, um, I don't think I, my parents were very uh, instrumental in making me or encouraged me to be independent as possible. And always, you know, it wasn't like you can't do this or you can't do that. It's always like, um, how can we do this? How can we adapt and make it mm. that I can do this? Um, so I don't, I don't remember feeling different or being bullied. I feel like I was pretty uh, normal uh, childhood, I think. Um, I mean, I had two other brothers, two younger brothers. I'm the oldest um, that we all um, got to do and do different things. And I mean, you definitely learn to adapt, like instead of flying to like Disney World or flying on a vacation, mm-hmm. we did road trips and different things because we had an accessible van that has the lift to put the wheelchair in the car. Um, and you sit in the car in your wheelchair and it hooks it up. Um, so I don't think, I mean, I don't remember being bullied or, uh, having anything different. Uh, you just learn to adapt in whatever activity you're doing and try to make it, uh, and try to enjoy the experience as best as you can. Mm. I, I can imagine growing up like that, uh, having just moments in your life where you're, you know, where, where you get down and where you feel negative and you're like, fuck all this shit. And how did you get over those times in your life? Uh, I don't, I don't really get like that. I don't, it's, it's really hard to explain. I get that question a lot sometimes. Uh, how do you, how do you be so positive or, or, um, you know, how you you try to stay not being depressed or negative or whatever, I think. It has to do with since I was born with a disability, like I know when it's like it's all it's all I know. And so when it's something that you all you know, then there's mm-hmm. nothing like you don't know what the unknown, I guess, of like being able to walk or be able to do things yourself, like brush your teeth or whatever, take care of yourself. Um, versus like someone who has like an accident, um, and then is you know, disabled from like twenty years old when they have a spinal cord injury or something, I think. because um, then you like you have like that traumatic experience and you know like what you've missed and what your life is completely different um and so it can be a big hurdle to get over mentally uh, about all the things that are different and you're mm-hmm. trying to experience um but for me like if i had to like if i dwell on everything that went wrong or the things i couldn't do like it would just be like a shitty day like why would i even want to even think about like that um you know like think about like oh i can't brush my teeth or I can't you know grab this drink or i can't play this game or whatever like there's plenty of things in the world that i can do Mm. and i know i can do then to dwell on that it's just like a waste of time for me and and i guess i wasn't raised like that i think my parents did a really good job of doing that and so uh i don't know it's really i just never been a negative person i don't know how to explain like what in my mind like what made me that way um but it's it just like, I want to try to be as positive person and, and show other people and be a good role model for the disabled community one. And then um, show the able-bodied community that uh, we're just like them. Uh, we may look different or do things differently, mm. um, but we're the same. So how, where did you get the, the audacity to start a YouTube channel and a Twitch and all that kind of, no, listen, people with a, 
who are blessed with normal, healthy, great bodies and health and man, all that stuff, they don't have the balls to do this. Nine out of ten times, people tell me, how do I, how do I upload my first video? I'm so scared. I'm, but you're doing all that shit. This is amazing. Uh, you just go two feet in, balls in, whatever you want to call it, wheels in. Um, you just go for it. Like the worst thing that can happen is someone says no or you don't take that chance. Um, you never know um, what's going to happen. Everything happens for a reason. Um, I think the disabled community within the gaming community, the disability community, um, is very tight-knit and strong, and we all want the best for the gaming industry and to let us experience everything. And so, I mean, yeah, when I started the channel, I had no idea like how to edit videos, how to upload, uh, all the channel tags and all the different video tags you have to have, making a thumbnail, editing stuff. Like I didn't know how to do, I mean, I'm still learning different things in editing. There's so many different things you can do hmm. with DaVinci Resolve that I still like, I'm Big very fan. basic in my, in my editing, um, in my editing skills. And yeah. so, uh, I do what I can. Um, but yeah, I just was like, let's just, I needed something to do while I was looking for jobs and I worked in the gaming industry before and I knew that's like what I wanted to still continue to do. And this was my way to like show that I can break down games and give advice and feedback to developers on how to make games accessible for people with disabilities. And so, uh, that's kind of what I want to do with the channel. And then hopefully as I grow the channel, more devs will be aware of the channel and then they'll reach out to me and, and maybe I can help games before they are released um, and try to make those accessible for people mm. that way uh, we don't have to think about it afterwards because when you do it afterwards it's a lot it takes um it's hard to implement those changes because it's cost not as cost effective yeah. and if you design accessibility from the beginning um in your game and so the earlier we can get in there and talk about the importance the better uh it is for the project definitely so let's talk about gaming, making gaming accessible. Mm -hmm. What do you think of people who say that games should be developed for competitive, high-level gamers and not be accessible to people with disabilities because that makes the game easy and inauthentic and just overall bad for gaming? Uh, I I would say that, I mean, I don't know if you need people, like you, let's take like League of Legends or something, something that's competitive like that. I don't know if that game is was designed to, I mean, it has a competitive nature, but I don't know if it's designed to be 100% competitive. Um, I mean, yes, it does have a, the eSport component to it, uh, but that game is made to be as accessible as possible so as many people will play it since it's free to play. Same thing with Fortnite um, and different things like that. Um, I mean, even Fortnite like has a very famous uh, deaf player because they have audio cues in their game and different things. So it shows like uh, where the gunshots and foot things are coming from and gives a lot of visual cues to the player mm. um, who might not be able to hear everything that, that's happening around them. So um, I think everyone should be able to experience um, whatever the game is, depending upon you know whether it's competitive or not, um, and if that person can make adaptions to how they play and become a bit competitive, then I'm all for it. Um, but I think everyone has the right to experience the game how they want to, whether it's 
easy, normal, hard, whatever. You know, no one can say that you're playing uh, Dark Souls on hard or whatever, and then I'm playing it on easy. Like, so who says, who's to say that those two experiences aren't the same? Um, because you can't, I mean, unless I make you or have you play the game one-handed or without, you know, low-vision goggles on or without, you know, put earplugs in where you can't hear anything, that's the only way that you can, like, really experience, like, what someone else is going through. And so it's a very empathetic um, nature to experiencing games. And so I think everyone has the, the right to do the same thing. It's like, I believe everyone has the right to go to the movie theater or go eat at a restaurant or ride a ride at a music park. It's the same thing. It's an experience um, that we all have the right to do. Um, and we all may have a different experience when we, go, when we see a movie emotionally and that's the same thing with the video game um so hmm. got a question from guilt free entertainment how would a developer go about making games accessible to people with disabilities considering the vast range of different possible disabilities out there that's a, that's a very good question so is there's not like a cookie cutter answer because there's so many like you try i would say you try to cast the widest net as you possibly can um so there's uh gameaccessibilityguidelines.com offers a good breakdown of what i would say are four pillars mm. so you have mobility audio cognitive and visual those are pretty much the four different uh pillars of disabilities that would fall under those um and so you just try to either consult and do a lot of play tests with different people with disabilities and kind of get ideas on what they like and what they don't like. And you're going to be able to cast at least a, net, a large enough net to cover some of those. You're not going to be able to make the game 100% accessible. It's not about making it 100% accessible. It's about making it a little bit accessible each time mm. because everyone's disability is so different. Like, and it's hard for me to like know what it's like to play a game blind or play a game without being able to hear. Um, and I'm very passionate about, you know, mobility and, and keybinds and toggle versus holds and um, difficulty settings and different things like that. So it's very hard to encapsulate, encapsulate everyone's disability. I think that I don't know if we'll ever get to that point hmm. um, because everyone's disability is so different. Um, it's just about trying to incorporate the disabled community in the design process hmm. and um, making sure that we're doing everything that we can because we make up about 20 to 25 percent of the world's population in some way of disability yeah that's a real talk i haven't even thought about that that's really that's a lot of people you you know you could be serving and could be making happy that's a lot of mm -hmm. people real talk Actually, especially even just like yeah. buying your product too like yeah. people like if you even if like 10% of that, per, you know, percentage or one, even 1%, like, can know they can play your game, buy your game, um, goes a long way. And so I don't yeah. think about the, even the economic impact of, like, we have spending power, too, when we want to, uh, to buy your product. Exactly, yeah. Do you ever, or have you ever had a game where you played it and you felt like, man, if I hadn't had this fucking cerebral palsy shit, I would have been the greatest at this shit i would have been fucking platinum i would beat everybody uh i don't know about i don't know if i've ever had that feeling maybe 
Um, I played League like from like season three and like even Overwatch a little bit too. Mm. Uh, and and I really enjoyed playing Madden growing up as well. Uh, I think it definitely in like high Twitch and high reaction type games like League of Legends and Overwatch and CS:GO and different games like that. You, I definitely be like, oh, I know I can be better at the, I I could be better at this if I wasn't. Mm. Um, disable which is maybe kind of why I like don't even like playing those games all the time um just because it can get frustrating after a while like I'll play it for like a short period of time mm-hmm. but playing for long periods of time that is just it can be kind of frustrating but um I am definitely a competitive person and I like to win and be good at things um but I haven't ever I just don't think that I would be like a like a an esports person or a competitive like person like go professionally um, but when you play with your friends, I definitely like like them to get carried and, and carry me and stuff. And so I do um, try to do as best I can, really. Hmm. And when you did your, um, when you started your YouTube channel, when you started Twitch, what were you expecting the reactions to be? Um, I don't even know if I had any, I really didn't have any expectations. I wanted... Uh, just to try to educate people, I think people forget um, that not everyone can play a game, or like you just assume that there's different things in games that can make them accessible. Like every game should, every game has key bindings. That's not always the case because there's so many game developers uh, from AAA all the way down to an indie person by themselves, and so it's really up to each company to make that decision on whether they want to implement accessibility into their design and into their project. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to educate people and get to, to meet some new people and maybe, you know, try to turn it into career, um, you know, educating developers on the benefits of accessibility and kind of consulting them throughout the design process. Um, that was kind of my main goal. Um, and just take every, you know, every week, differently try to put up a new video every week and try and get a little bit better every week at doing you know editing or do something new and with the thumbnails or with the game footage or something talk about something new and different um and bring my experience um to my viewers Hmm. and now that you how long have you been doing this Uh, about 14 months 14 months so what were the reactions that you got that really lighted your spirit to give you a good feeling made you feel like you're doing a good job uh, i like what uh, definitely when the comments are like oh thanks for showing this like uh, i believe i had one comment on one of my videos uh this guy's girlfriend had like a stroke or something and she had like limited mobility in one of her arms since the stroke or whatever mm. um and they don't really play games together anymore she only really plays like the sims or something and so he's like do things for the for this channel now i can like try to find games for us to play together um and different things mm-hmm. so like that was like probably like the best comment i've ever gotten so far in the channel just like to show people like hey there's you know there's plenty of games out there that we can all play um they may not know it or may not be even be willing to spend the money to try or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but there's you know there's a game for everyone that's amazing man that's so incredible that you could means so much to someone with, you know, a reasonably short-lived YouTube career, you're already making real impact 
on people's lives. Isn't it incredible this day and age yeah. that we're living in? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy to like. I mean, I've never met them before, and like, they could be halfway around the world and stuff, um, and be going through the same experience that I am. That's kind of like crazy to me. Like to meet all the people on Twitter and meet everyone on YouTube and different things, and meeting you and get to do this thing, and just you know sharing my story. Like, I love those moments, and I love meeting the people and talking to people about my experience and what I go through, and try to help them go through whatever they're going through and, and helping, um, you know, play games or be just be a better person with a disability and try to like improve their life and be an advocate for themselves. And if you meet other people with disabilities, when you talk to them, mm -hmm. what are the things that you get comfort in? Or do you even get comfort from meeting other people with disabilities? Um, I think it's cool to meet them um, in the sense that like there's plenty of people that are going through like, the same thing like you like a sense of community um, mm. and like you're not going like you're not going through this alone I guess um, like you can like complain about like hey my character was like today on mine too mm. or um, just like I couldn't play this game or uh, if you're just having a shitty day just to like commensurate with someone who's maybe going through the same things um, is really cool. And you have like the same kind of views on things you want to make better on, you know, policies and government and how your benefits are affected over, you know, like being employed or how much money you can make and all this stuff and getting benefits like for wheelchairs and therapies mm. and surgeries. And so there's so many different things, and different resources out there. Um, that not, not everyone knows about. Um, and so, um, you know, there may be something I might know, but then someone that's in a different city or state or whatever may not know the same thing or may act different in their state. So um, just trying to, we can learn from each other because um, there's so much different, you know, different policies and different experiences that we're all going through. And so I try to, uh, to learn and absorb that information and then share my experience as well. Hmm. Elulin says, I've never considered this issue before. Thank you so much for bringing it to light. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Elulin, for that uh, kind mm -hmm. words. Do you think, well, I think you do, but how important is mental health for you? Uh, I think it, I think it's very important. I think um, having a good mental health uh is important to not get down on yourself. Um, having very strong mental focus um, and the things that you do every day, um, because you just take it one. You just have to take it one day at a time, and like one hour at a time, or mm. break the day up into quarters or whatever. You know, like let's try to get through to lunch, and then let's try to get through to four o'clock or dinner, and then let's try to get through to bedtime, and then let's repeat. Um, and then there's a lot of like planning ahead. Um, as a disabled person, because you, like, for me, I'm, I have a caregiver come in the morning, and then I, I live with my wife here in our apartment, and um, so she's here to help me uh, if I need, like, certain things, but there's certain things she can't help me, so mm. uh, you have to kind of plan ahead of, like, what you need, like, do I need to have, like, a water out for my, you know, for a drink all day? Do I need to have my lunch out? Do I need to make sure my computer turns on or the internet's connected or you know, what, you know, when, who's going to come 
or am I doing today? What time do I need to get up in the morning? What time do I need to go to bed at night to make sure I get enough rest? Because sitting, I sit in my wheelchair for 12 to 14 hours a day. So like, wow. you gotta make sure that you, you know, stretch and do different things. Yeah, that's intense. As well. So um, you really gotta plan your, your day and make sure like, okay, tomorrow maybe I have to be at work at seven. So you make sure your caregiver can get up at that time or whatever, you make sure you plan a little early in case, you know, something crazy happens, like he has a, a flat tire or he gets sick or he's running late because of traffic or different things like that. So you really have to plan ahead. It can just be like, oh, I'm asleep. Oh, I wake up. All right, let's get it. You know, let's get out of bed mm. and get ready for the day. There's a lot of uh, planning that goes into it. And, and you have to, you know, react and adapt to everything that happens throughout the day. And so you used to get little by little and one by moment. Um, and it, take, it takes a lot of practice in getting that way and not being discouraged that uh, when your plan goes awry, because it definitely will, no matter what day it is. Yeah, I can imagine, See, especially when you are already overwhelmed with all these physical health activities, right? There's so much things mm -hmm. that you got to do throughout the day. And also you're performing on a pretty high level, right? You're doing a lot. You're, you're trying to learn all these new things and also applying all these new things that you're learning. and. Uh, all pretty active on social media and you're putting a lot of work and also in you know the real life part of it trying to get a job and trying to get by and all looking for all these medicaid things and really proactive that i can imagine things just sometimes you know you kind of lose track of your mental health and you maybe get caught up in some other things yeah there's a lot of things you have to juggle uh, I think in your mind and try to understand uh, what you're going through and just try to focus, like take one thing at a time um, and set a plan and, and course of action in your head and see what you need to do, you know, one thing by one thing by one thing. And then don't let anything kind of discourage you if something goes wrong because um, then that just throws your whole day off and then it can, you know, mess and then one day throws off another day and another day and then it kind of just snowballs into stuff. And so uh, it can definitely be tough at times. And there are uh, a lot of things to consider. But um, I don't know, it's hard not to, you know, people always ask, like, you know, would you ever wish to, like, not be disabled or different things like that? But it's mm -hmm. hard to, like, even think about that because yeah. you don't even know, like, mm -hmm. you know, things. My life could be completely different. You know, maybe if I wasn't disabled, but who knows how that life or what actions. Mm -hmm. I would have done like, would it be that? Would I be doing on the same path? Would be, you know, would it be a completely different person? Mm. Like, who knows? Like, how everything would have, you know, turned out. Yeah, that's a that's a funny question. That's a weird question because, you know, I wouldn't. I, I, physically, I'm a very lucky guy. I'm very healthy. God bless. But um, mm -hmm. I grew up in a very, very abusive household. Uh, a lot of anger. All my parents are traumatized. Uh, alcoholics. Uh, medication mm -hmm. drugs opioids a uh, couple a lot of suicides uh, we fled the country uh, from iran to holland uh, when i was two years old so that was just 16 years of hell and i got homeless for a year and it's just a mess so when they asked mm -hmm. me hey what if that never happened i don't know man i mean I've, I'm, a, I'm a very positive loving guy i might i might have ended up a spoiled brat if i had everything that i wanted i don't know I yeah don't know. and it's def and it's uh who like I me mean, everyone has their own challenges and their own burdens so like 
that could be in a disability. Like a disability doesn't have to be like a physical limitation or a mental limitation. Like even the stuff that you went through and, and struggle with every day could be a disability. Even things like maybe you're you're bad at math or maybe you're bad at editing a video or maybe you're bad at tying your shoes or whatever. Like that still could be considered a disability. It doesn't have to be like a physical thing or a mental thing. It just could be something you're just not good at. Um, and it may be, and it impacts your life on a day-to-day basis. And so mm-hmm. I think people think of disability as the, like what I have or what's like autism or different things like that. But I think it can also, you know, reach a wider, a wider impact. Mm-hmm. How did you meet your wife? How did that go? Uh, so we met, uh, through a friend, um, uh, we both have the same disability, but she's able to, to walk and and take care of herself God bless, uh, God bless. pretty well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do have a good uh, back and forth as far as um, the things that we need and, and we balance we balance each other very well and, and how we take care of each other. So it's, it's a really good um, pairing, of course. Mm. And you met her how long ago? Uh, we've been married for it'll be a year in June and we've been together like uh, eight years, nine years, I think. Beautiful, man. That's 20, beautiful. let's see. Uh, 20. Oh, since 11, since 2011. So it'll be nine years in August, I believe. That's beautiful. That's almost, yeah. I'm, I'll be nine years uh, soon as well. That's a similar, yeah. a similar situation. That's beautiful, man. And how, how do you think your situations differed from... Uh, physically healthy people dating. How did you get around those, you know, those challenges that you had? Just uh, going on dates and regular stuff that people would do. He like you just learned to do, like say like, I mean, even going on like a date and stuff is, is it's still like, I guess it could be weird. Like you just have to like, be upfront with the person that you're going on a date with. I think um, that, you know, you may do different things. Uh, differently like you know eating like for me after what eating my eating myself sometimes depending upon the food like a sandwich or a burger or spaghetti um some of those foods can be kind of hard um for me to eat and most dates are you know are going to be you know go to a restaurant or you go out to a drink or whatever and um you just have to be open and upfront with that person if they're willing to accept uh you for you um then i think that then it's meant to be but um, it, there's definitely some differences in things you have to discuss that are not normal to the to a, a regular relationship. Like someone, they gotta be open to like, there's gonna be a third person here, not like with us on the date, but like mm-hmm. if we go back home, like mm-hmm. someone's gotta put me in bed or whatever. Unless that person who you're dating can you know be your caregiver or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then like even that's like can be quite draining on the yeah. person. So I need to always like. I want there to be like a disconnect, I guess, between like mm. the wife or my, you know, either my wife or whoever my significant other would be. If I was a different, if I was a different disabled person and them being my caregiver, I don't want that. Like, yeah, of course they're going to take care of me and that's what they signed up for. But like, I feel like there should be some kind of, you know, break between, you know, cause that can be like a lot of mental wear and tear on the other person of like, Oh, they always need something, or you know. I mean, obviously that's what they're signing up for, for you know, loving you and being with you. But sometimes you just, they just need a break from taking care of you. I think and yeah. it's right. 
that to them. Definitely. How would your life look without her? Without her? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I don't. We've been to, we've been living together since 2015. So I I imagine I'd probably be still living at home unless I found someone else. Mm-hmm. That's probably the first thing I would I think of think I think I think of is like probably living at home because not able to like support myself financially to live on my own. Um, at least this whole time with like losing different jobs and then now this. Mm-hmm. And then like when you live on your own, like uh, and if I mean like in bed, like you know what happens if there's an emergency and you're by yourself. You got to call someone at two in the morning or whatever and you need to go to the restroom or maybe there's a, like a fire in the apartment or whatever like things like that like you know living on your own can be kind of difficult when those mm-hmm. kind of emergencies um and you don't think about those so i mean the fire thing like i'm like pretty like okay with it like if there was a fire in the apartment and like i'd rather live on my own and like sleep on my own than like have to have someone like sleep in the other room or mm-hmm. like a caregiver stay with me the whole time like I'm pretty okay with like if there was a fire and I had to die, I guess that I'd be okay to, I'd rather be independent and live on my own than have someone live with me. I don't know. It's weird. That's, that's like the one thing that can be kind of weird is like, what if there's like a big emergency, like a fire or you had to get out of the apartment quick or something. Mm-hmm. That part could be um, pretty challenging. It's pretty, there's, there's a couple of pretty dark things you gotta, yeah, that's yeah. super dark. Yeah, pretty dark. Uh, but you're gonna yeah, have to face those things, you know. Um, hard to get around it. Yeah, like you gotta be real okay. Like, I mean, there's only so much preparedness you can do. Like, in, you know, it's either I'm gonna be, um, you know, gonna, I'd rather be live who I want to live the life how I want to live it, and you know. We we've been in this apartment for two two years, I think over two years. We haven't had like one fire drill or one fire in this whole apartment. So like, mm. knock on wood, we've had good luck. But like when I lived in the dorms in college, people like burn popcorn. You'd have like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's just yeah. a completely different experience. So like maybe people are more more mature living in an apartment than they are in a college dorms, of course. Um, but it's just something you had to be okay with and um accepting of how you want to to live your life and there's only so much things you can protect yourself from anyways so means to say that even if i wasn't disabled and a fire happened in the apartment that i wouldn't still die or wouldn't still be in trouble or get hurt Mm. like there's no way of knowing like there's just some inherent risk that you're always gonna that you always are gonna take that's true yeah that's true so what are the things that you? Someone got shot. Somebody no, fell over. Okay, in the room, I don't know. Ah, oh, no, you guys bought a lot of guns during the lockdown. Huh? No, <laughs> American. I am in Texas, though, possibly. Yeah. Not me. You wouldn't you like to own a gun? Have a gun just because? It's uh, cool? I don't know. I don't like. I, mean, I can't even hold it. It probably weighs too much for me to be able to hold it. Hmm. You have to be like. Um, uh, it would have to be like kind of mounted on my wheelchair, I guess. Well, that um, would be for... badass. I have like two guns, two Uzis on the wheelchair. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, 
it would be would have to do something like that. So uh, I don't. I shot BB guns in Boy Scout camp and stuff, but I've never like. I don't think I've shot a real gun, mm. like an actual gun gun. Um, but they do have like some. You can go like they have like some charities do like accessible hunting, and they get like a big wheelchair that they can do like on treads and stuff. And they actually have the gun like mount like a shoulder like height or whatever, mm. and it's mounted. Um, on you or whatever. So uh, they have, you know, there's a lot of activities that are, can be adapted for for a person with a disability. Uh, so, uh, but never should have gone before. I think you can go to like shooting ranges and like you just roll up to the table or whatever, then you can do it. Um, but buying a gun, I don't know. I feel like I would like shoot myself. You know, like sometimes in my hand, my hand, my muscles mm. like shake and stuff. So like, I don't know if it's not even probably really safe even for me to have one anyway. So I feel you. I, I, I'd shoot myself even without a disability. I, I really should not have guns. <laughs> but do you, but what's, what's one thing that you would do if you'd wake up tomorrow and have just perfect peak physical health? What's the one thing you would do if you just have it for one day? Um, if I could do something, um, that's a good question. Uh, I've done water skiing and stuff before. I've done ropes, corps, corpses, courses before. I'm trying to think what else what I would go do. I don't think I would do skydiving or anything like that. I don't like kites or anything like that. Mm. That wouldn't be like for me. Maybe like go like swimming or something. Um. I like being like in the water because like when you're in the water, you kind of feel weightless, and so there's a kind of like a freeing feeling um, that you have um, when you're disabled mm-hmm. and being in the water because you can like kind of do move different things, and if you wear floats and different accessible equipment, you can kind of like walk in the water a little bit, and so being in water and being in the pool is is very it's good exercise one. Um, but it's kind of like a freeing, I guess, moment as well. And so, like, if I could, like, swim, I could just, like, jump in off the diving board or do some dives or different things that I, I, I don't get to do. I like that, man. That's pretty cool. And Pretty simple. Yeah, pretty simple. But, I, I mean, I love swimming as well, man. It's beautiful. I really love, love swimming. I should do it more often. But every time I think about... Oh, I should do those things more often. I'm like, oh man, lockdown. I'm that's why I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't really go swimming now, anyways. Who no. knows how long we will go? People will go swimming, but unless you have a pool at your own house, mm. no one's gonna go in swimming at like a um, at the public pool or at the apartment or whatever. Mm. No, it's definitely gonna take a couple of months. How how are you dealing with these days? Are you just taking it day by day? You just you are you are you okay with it? Or would you like it to change and, and turn into a normal as soon as possible? Uh, I'm taking it day by day. Um, I mean, I've been pretty on. We started like staying at home. Let me see where's the calendar. I started staying at home like the beginning, the middle of March. So I think I've been home for like two weeks. I haven't gone anywhere. Hmm. Uh, I think I stopped work on like the 19th of March. Um, so we've been pretty, we've been watching it and being aware of what's going on. Um, and ironically, I went to I flew to Seattle the the last week in January 
mm-hmm. and that's when they had the first case of coronavirus in Seattle. They only had one. He was like the first case, I think, period. That's kind of crazy to think about. Like, I flew there for um, to meet with Xbox and a developer. Um, they made state. They make State of Decay. Yep. Undead uh, like Labs. That. Like that game. And so I met with them. They had like um, a seminar and uh, and different things. So we got to go there. They paid, for, you know, for my travel and my caregivers travel and, and all our expenses and everything. Nice. So it was really, it was a great experience. And without that, I would not have been able to, to do all that stuff without like them paying for my, my brother to come travel with me and, yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but it's kind of crazy to think that like in January we had like one case and that was in the same city that had one case. And then now we're in lock, you know, stay at home or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's now three, two months, two and a half months from that point. Um, but I envision it probably going here in the States till January or not January, June 1st, probably, um, till maybe they, I don't know exactly, but that's my kind of guesstimate. It would be June 1st. Yeah. I think we go back. I mean, we we're under this till April 30th at least. Me and too. they're going to reevaluate again. Um, same year. But who knows? I don't know. Like Trump, Without being political, like I don't even know if Trump knows or anybody really knows. Um, people might not already know. Um, they are just taking it one day at a time, and um, people bring us groceries. We have, you know, grocery deliveries to our door. That's really all. I go outside. You know, maybe I'll go outside like once a day, just roll around the apartment, get a little bit of sun, um, mm-hmm. and different things, and then go back inside, play more games. It's really not any different. I do the same thing every day anyway. So it's like I wake up. I play games to lunch or make a video or whatever. And then have lunch on um, the wife, the wife works at home since I'm not working. So I let her work and then I stay in here. And then after lunch, I, you know, do the same thing till about dinner time. And I get a couple hours after dinner and then caregiver comes, go to bed, watch TV on, on the TV in the bedroom and, you know, play, you know, do things, tweet and stuff on, do social media on my phone. And that's it. The one that's the only thing like being to say, well, like, I wish I had sometimes had more time to like do things late at night, mm-hmm. like, you know, late night editing or stay up till yeah. as late as I wanted. Because like, if let's say if I get up at eight or nine in the morning and my caregiver comes, you know, at, at eight at night, like that's the only time I have to do things mm-hmm. on the computer part. And so like, you have to really be, um, have good time management to like, okay, I got, you know, I need to do this. I set a goal, I like, try to get all the video editing done by lunch mm-hmm. and then shoot all the, ed- you know, shoot all my other footage after lunch or whatever. So like, or plan my days, days ahead, like, okay, let's write the script here and then let's do the video game uh, shooting here. And then let's shoot, you know, then let's edit here. Mm-hmm. Let's make the uh, thumbnail here on this day. So I don't get a lot. That's the one thing I wish I could do is like stay up later and do, and do that. Yeah. Uh, I used to do that a lot, but it's really unhealthy. So I quit like six yeah. months ago, I think a year ago. It's really unhealthy. It ruins you. Like I used to stay up to 4 a.m. just editing and writing tweets. And uh, it's just really bad. It's bad, bad yeah. stuff. Bad stuff. Don't do it anymore. What's up, yeah. June Vault? How you doing? June Vault was uh, another guest I had a honor to talk to last week. Great conversation yeah. as well. Um, thank you for being here, by the way, June. Um, okay, 
couple of cool questions I got for you. A couple of quick, fun, light questions. You know, we got okay. all the deep stuff out of the way. Um, guys in the chat, if you got something to ask, uh, my man, one hand, uh, you can do it, man. Ask away. Uh, yep. Don't be afraid to ask the question whatever you want to ask. What's the best game to play for people with disabilities? The best game to play? That's a good question. Because um, I don't know if, like, I don't know if there is a, a best game. I think there are, it, you really have to find the best game that's for you. Like, I like to play, like, a lot of turn-based and, like, card collectible games, things that I can play. I'm mostly right-hand dominant. I'm going to use my right hand for everything. And so um, I like to play games where I can, you know, just use my right hand. Um, so I like playing Hearthstone or mm. those auto battlers like TFT or Dota Underlords. Um, I play WoW sometimes. That's pretty accessible um, depending upon the mechanics and the rating and different things. But I think mm. it's pretty much what the experience where you want to make it because in WoW you don't have to be like, a big raider you could just like try to make money or make a bunch of alts or whatever like mmos like offer that kind of like unique uh experience i think platformers can be very difficult because they take a lot of precision and you know jumping like you know a game like ori or a game like um dark souls or different things like that like those kind of games can be quite difficult um for a person with a disability depending mm -hmm. upon their disability i don't know if there's a, like a right answer like what game is the best to play as a disabled person because I think it depends one on the person on the one on the person's disability on what they can play and what they can't play, and then the type of games that they like to play. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage people to try, you know, a wide variety of genres and see what you know kind of sticks, and then don't be afraid to to try games and see what's out there. Awesome, thank you, man. Top three favorite hobbies. A question from Rushu. Top three favorite hobbies. Um, let's do what besides gaming. So um, sports. Um, big into like uh, American uh, football and baseball and college sports. Unfortunately, those aren't happening right now. Um, I definitely like going to the movie theater and watching movies on like Netflix and stuff. I finished Tiger Tiger King last week. Uh, I'm watching Ozark season three right now. Did you like Tiger King? I feel like yes, this, it's a bunch of fluff and hype, and I don't want to watch it. I've kind of, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm postponing it. <laughs> it's like a train wreck, pretty much. Okay. Um, so like, it's just, it's just a crazy. And then if you like love animals, it's kind of sad too. I mm. like um, the, the the tiger cub or exotic animal industry in zoos that are apparently across the United States that are happening. Yeah, it's um, bad. So it's it's uh it's a weird documentary. It's kind of crazy of all the all the stuff that he does and and how their mindset is, how they just think that they're okay, mm. that they're helping, um, but maybe they're not really helping. So it's really it's cool. It's interesting, um, but it's it's sad at the same time. Mm. Um, and then what else? Um, I don't know. But, uh, I like to go. You know to go swimming and just go hang out with friends, going to dinner. I like to, you know, go try new foods and different restaurants and stuff. Um, I like, you know, I used to be really big into like, even though I can't like cook and make my own foods and different things, like follow recipes, but I like to try, you know, good foods and different restaurants that are, that are out there 
even though we can't go to restaurants right now, but um, mm. I like to do. I'm a big foodie. Awesome, man. I like that. Me too, man. I'm, I'm, watch, I'm trying to not get fat this lockdown because I love to cook and eat. And Man, Ace Platinum, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? If I had to guess your names, the guy on the left is Bert and the guy on the right is Ernie. Man, you're pretty spot <laughs> on, man. We do look like Bert and Ernie right now. Bert and I never heard that before. <laughs> really? No, but Bert. like no. this compilation, you kind of look, I think, hold up, let me pull Bert and Ernie up to make sure that who's Bert and who's Ernie. Oh, uh, man, yeah, I think you're right, bro. We kind of look like him. I think I need a longer neck for, well, I do have a thicker neck. That's like the, the big muscular part. Yeah, I think, I, I think we do, man. I think we do. I need a longer neck, maybe. I think we kind of do look like him. If we turn it around, uh, your your head is like long shape and mine is round yeah. and kind of squareish. So yeah, yeah, we kind of yeah, look like Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see a little bit. Yeah, that's but good, man. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll start a new channel. We should. <laughs> sure. Oh man, we should. Mod. Do you want Illulan? Uh, do you want a mod? That's that'll be like uh, seven hundred dollars. Um, okay. Got another question Dang. for you. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But I mean, my, being a mod is, is pretty it's pretty valuable, right? You, I pay like, yeah, yeah. Seven hundred. I mean, that's okay. It's not bad. Yeah. I will regret it though. If somebody donates seven hundred dollars and like fucks up the channel, I'll I'll regret it. Like I will regret it. But I mean, it's a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Um. Right now, what are you? What what game do you have the most hours on, of all games? Uh, let's look on Steam right now. It's got to be like, it's not Steam. It's got to be like RimWorld, or Darkest Dungeon. Um, let's see on Steam. Does it show view my profile? Here we go. Uh, whatever it shows your most games played. No. Activity, profile, profile. Where's the content? I don't know. I think it's got to be like RimWorld or Darkest Dungeon. What is RimWorld? Tell me about that. It's RimWorld is like a sci-fi... Um, it is a sci-fi colony sim game where you crash land on a planet and you try to uh, escape. Mm. Is it like strategy, top-down thing, or is it... Yes, yeah, it's top-down. So like you build your own colony, and you have to like grow crops and get weapons and make weapons and different things, and then you have to like defend yourself from like uh, raiders, and then you can research different things um, to make, and then eventually you want to research to get the ships and stuff, mm, and you build your own spaceship, and then you try to uh, go off, uh, you know, get off the planet. Mm, interesting, man. Is it disability friendly? Yes, yeah, so everything can be done with the mouse, like any simulation or uh, type game. So uh, it's very, um, I think it's very accessible for for me at least. I don't know for other disabilities, but mm. oh, it's super chill and relaxed. Um, and I, I enjoy it. Awesome, man. Good stuff. 
Okay, and I got a question that I always ask on the channel. Everybody who has been on Deep Dive already answered this one, so I got it for you, okay? Okay. You're a general on a yeah. battle that decides the faith of mankind. There's an open field, and it's all sand, no trees, no nothing. Mm -hmm. There's a thousand chimpanzees on one side, and there's a thousand human beings on another side. That's but naked human beings, mm -hmm. but naked. But you can hand pick every single one of them and you can make a strategy. You're gonna have to kill every single chimpanzee. Do you think it's doable? And what would be your strategy? Do I think it's doable? Uh, I know nothing about the attack power of a monkey. Um, this would be great for like a like an animal Thunderdome type episode where like you just think of ways people could like fight animals and different mm. things. Um, I think they could people could could uh, take on chimpanzees. I don't know all at the same time. You have to find a way maybe to like isolate them or something. Um, but I think you want to be quicker than them. So maybe like some some definitely some leg power. And different things and they're probably pretty smart too so um you gotta watch out uh, yeah, they're pretty smart yeah. they're like a 70 iq or something 60 70. yeah it's like as an average person pretty much almost i would say i don't know maybe a little bit less i don't know what the average yeah, it's less average is like between 95 105. it's like okay. a kid a little kid eight year old seven year old so eight year you know kids are dangerous you never know yeah um, you gotta watch out for the flinging poop too. So uh, yes, you gotta get some shields made and fashion like spears and weapons and try to like take no weapons. them down. The, they're so naked, far. no weapons. Oh, no weapons. You can't. Okay, so no weapons. You can't make weapons. Well, somebody uh, said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna sacrifice a couple of people, take their bones, and make weapons. Yeah, I'll make weapons out of their bones. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. What we could we like, just like try to like communicate with the monkeys and then like. Planet of the Apes style, and we work together, and we start our own like our own species, our own colony of like humans and monkeys together. <laughs> Damn it, man! That's the first person in the world who don't want to kill the monkeys, man. Why you don't want to kill them? <laughs> just live together. We can just have our own like like they have bananas, and maybe we have like nuts or something that they want, and we just start our own trade. From from bananas and nuts, and make our own cereal, bananas and nuts cereal, <laughs> and we're good to go. That's it. I like it. I like it. Why not? I mean, you put probably a couple of peaceful people on deep dive last yeah, couple yeah. of episodes, man. Peaceful people. Like enjoy like some coconuts and stuff. We're good to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, we gotta! I love that the poop flinging thing always <laughs> comes up. Dig an enormous hole and watch them fall to their deaths. That's a good one. That's a good one. Digging an enormous hole. Yeah. But I think monkeys are smart. Like a couple of them will fall, and the rest will be like, "Nah, -uh, I'm not gonna get in that." And they'll. Yeah, be... once they see the first, the first couple ones fall in there. Yeah. They would. I think they'll figure that one out quick. I mean, yeah. I mean, my cat already knows. He, he he doesn't jump off the balcony. He knows um, this is bad. So I think monkeys would. I think monkeys are smarter than cats. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Definitely. that's that's yeah. 
So let's be friends with the monkeys. I like that. Let's let's end on that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anything you want to leave us with before you get up out of here, my man? No, I want to say thank you for everyone for having me. It was a great um, time. I had enjoyed. It was a good time being here. Um, I want to thank everyone for hanging out. So thank you for the shout out. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at one hand mostly, and on YouTube I post videos once a week on accessibility and gaming. Uh, I just did a video on Mountain Blade, um, two Banner Lords, uh, last week. Uh, I think this week I'm going to be playing some, I think the new Riot uh, first-person shooter comes out. The oh, beta the Valorant thing, yeah. So I'm going to probably try to check that out. Awesome. Um, and then I stream on Twitch, same thing, on the weekends, or when I can or when I have time. Mm. Um, but I want to thank you for letting me talk about the importance of accessibility in gaming and the stable community. Um, and yeah, if anybody has any questions, like don't be afraid to ask me on, on Twitter or DM or whatever. I'm pretty much an open book and I'll pretty much respond to, to anybody. So. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm uh, super, super happy and grateful you was here. Uh, I learned so much about so many things that I, I had absolutely no idea of and I'm very grateful that I'm always happy to learn new things man but I think especially what you've been talking about um, and what you're continuing to talk about uh, so important like you said a lot of people you know have disabilities and they are customers and they want to spend money and, and they should be you know respected and treated as customers and a lot of companies could profit off that as well. It's a win-win situation. I think mm -hmm. it's uh, definitely. Yeah, man. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful thing that you're doing, man. And uh, I'd love to have you back on, bro. Yeah, dude. I appreciate it, and I'm glad you learned something. That's the goal. Uh, when I try to do these things, everyone tries to learn. You know, someone walks away with something. Um, so I hope everyone in the in the chat definitely walked away with something and learned something new. So, absolutely. I appreciate. It. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Peace out, bro. Stay safe. All right, you too. Talk to you later. Thanks, man.